Welcome to another fabulous episode of My Orgasmic Life. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Gaia Morissette. And a um, couple of housekeeping things before we get into this juicy conversation. You get to learn about my harem. <laughs> so, okay, so first things first. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Tickle.life. Uh, second thing is, is that please support my Patreon account, um, you know, as an exchange for all the awesome ways in which I show up for you guys. Um, you know, it's time for you guys to support me in, in a, in a new way. Okay. Um, you know, it doesn't, it's not free to run this show, so I need your support help support the overhead costs of running this show. Uh, as well as, there's other ways you can support me, not just financially. You can support me by putting comments, um, you know, engaging, writing a testimonial about how this content's changed your life. Uh, you know, all of these great ways, share this with your friends. Be like, oh my God, you need to listen to my Orgasmic Life podcast. Guy is awesome. So I show up for you guys. I want you to show up for me. Okay, so we're, we're having a clean exchange instead of me just trying to manipulate you. That's what I want. I show up, you show up for me. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's get into our conversation today, our juicy show today. So um, for everybody who doesn't know, I have, um, so this is, and when I'm talking about my harem, this is not an invitation. I don't need any new members. Okay, just FYI. So I live an ethical non-monogamous lifestyle and the way that 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 structure has worked for me, um, I've done a lot of different structures. I've done polyamory, I've done swinging, I've done, I've done it all. And one of the ways in which I found ethical non-monogamy works best for me is by me having a harem. And what that means is like, I usually have one primary partner and then I have a lot of lovers that are in my harem. Now, that's worked for me for 20 years now. Yeah, for about 20 years. And as I grow and as I heal and as I up-level, um, my relationships and, and um, the people who I allow into my life have changed. Um, my dynamics in my harem is starting to change. And the biggest piece of that is the fact that um, I'm really calling into, calling into my life some spectacular people. So what I found is this is what's been going on. And I didn't realize this, this was a pattern. So this is why it's really, really important to check in with your brain all the time. <laughs> Be aware of what's happening in your noggin at all times. So every weekend, um, I'd go in and I do a little bit more about me as I go in and I do some work in my subconscious brain and I find out what's going on in my world and what am I thinking and what was my week like and I, you know, and I do any course correction that might need to be happening and releasing whatever needs to be happening. So, and by the way, if you want to learn how to master that, you know, come hang out with me at psychonutliving.com, reach out to me and I can teach you how to do that. Uh, so this weekend, over the last couple of weeks, I've been kind of slightly agitated to full on annoyed at my primary partner. 
And he, he, basically everything he does has been wrong. <laughs> Breathes wrong. He looks at me wrong. Everything he's done is wrong, which is not like me, actually. I mean, that was like me while I was in the beginning of quitting smoking, but I'm not in that space anymore. You know, I'm 53 days without smokes. Yay. And I'm no longer bitchy. So I was like, why am I so angry and irritable at, you know, my primary partner? So I went into my brain and I was like, what's going on? And I found out that what's happened is that there's two other men in my life who have come into my life that I'm opening up space for that are going to be uh, opening up space more than just on a sexual level, but on like my heart level. And I've been opening up space for those possibilities. And And what I found out that, well, I can't like everybody equally. I have to have one person that's my favorite. And then the everyone else is like underneath the favorite. And um, because I'm opening up my heart to connecting with some more, these two other men, as well as my primary partner, um, then my primary partner can't be as fabulous. Can't be as normally as fabulous as I usually think he is. That just can't happen. I was like, wow. I was like, started to really look at why is it just around, you know, relationships that I do that? Or is that in other areas of my life? And so I started looking at other areas of my life and in other areas of my life, same thing. I can only have one favorite. The only place that didn't present itself was in uh, food. Like, well, I still love tacos even when I'm eating ice cream. Ice cream's still fabulous when I'm eating tacos. So I was like, okay, well, where does that come from? Because that's not my personality. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all about, you know, I'm pansexual. Uh, I looked at my bisexuality. Um, and there was a huge history of that same thing. It's like when, um, this is before I became pansexual. So my bisexuality was always like, if I was attracted, really attracted to one gender, it was because the other gender annoyed me or, you know, something recently happened. So I bounced back and forth instead of being able to be like, yeah, I'm just attracted to both genders. So it's, it's been interesting. It's ingrained in me in a very deep way. And I was like, wow. Okay. So where does this come from? Because I'm pretty, I'm a hedonistic, like I'm, I'm all about like, I can have everything and I deserve to have everything and I want everything and, and, you know, and I've created manifesting everything into reality to create this incredible life that I get to live every day. And so what I realized though, is that I didn't get out. I didn't escape. (laughs) I didn't, I grew up, I grew up in North America in a, in a North American monogamous hierarchical society. And because I grew up in that, there's things that even though I tried to reject those concepts and those constructs that never served me and never worked for me, um, I still integrated them. They still filtered through. And so I started to look at, well, what were, how were, what were the statements? What were the things that people said to me that helped, that made that, that, you know, filtered that through into my life? And so it starts with when I was a kid, I remember, here's an example. I remember, like you have to, you can only pick one thing. You're only allowed to have one thing. If you have more than one thing, it makes you greedy. 
you have more than one thing, it makes you selfish. And so I remember as a kid, you know, the adults in my life, when an adult in particular said, hey, what do you want? And I'm, and I'm like, well, I want this and I want this. And they said, well, you can't have both. That makes you greedy. And I remember asking, well, it, it, shouldn't it only make me greedy if there's not enough that I don't make sure that there's enough for everybody? Is there not enough for everybody? And they're like, yeah, there's enough for everybody. And I'm like, okay, well, then that doesn't make me greedy. <laughs> greedy would mean I'm hoarding. I'm not hoarding. I want everything that I want, and there's plenty for everybody else. But in that moment, I didn't realize what happened. And in that moment in childhood, that statement, which was, you can't have everything, it makes you greedy, filtered into my little brain. And since then, it's been filtering in without me being consciously aware of it. This is the beautiful thing about understanding your subconscious mind. Okay? So that was one statement. And so that's why I can't allow myself. Um, to care about all of the people who are important to me, all of the lovers um, that are important to me um, equally. One has to be like, I need to be slightly annoyed at one so that I can, you know, uh, make the other one, you know, my favorite. And that's not serving me. It served me for a long time. It didn't have to, I didn't really, wasn't affected to it because the way that my harem worked was I had one, I had a hierarchical society, right, in my harem. So it was like, you know, top dog was the, you know, primary partner. And then everybody fell into importance level in my life, as well as emotional connection in my life um, underneath that. But because I've called in and manifested some incredible men into my life right now, um, and I'm opening up the possibility of them supporting these different aspects of me and in my world and having more intimate connections and vulnerability and, and deeper relationships with them. It, it, it basically created disturbance in my harem. So now I have to adjust. Now I have to recalibrate how I'm going to move with this stuff. But before I get into what I figured out of how I'm recalibrating, I want to give you a couple other statements that you've probably heard. So before, you know, I continue my story, I really want you to look at your own stuff around this. Like, can, are you allowed? Are you allowed to have everything? Are you allowed to have more than one thing? Are you allowed to love more than one person? Are you allowed to have sex with more than one person? Are you allowed? Are you allowed? Now, right now during COVID, um, I don't recommend us going around having sex with a lot of people because that's not very safe. Um, <laughs> but, you know, let's take COVID pandemic out of the equation for a second. When that wasn't in play, are you allowed to? Do you allow yourself? Does society allow you? Where are those statements? Where, where were those statements? And I'm going to, there's a couple other statements that, I'm, that I've heard many, many times. So the other statement is, how often have we heard this? You can't have your cake and eat it too. Well, why the hell would I have cake if I can't eat it? I'm just supposed to look at it? When am I supposed to talk to it? But I'm not supposed to eat it? It's that whole piece around you're not allowed to have it all. You can't have it all. I say, fuck that shit. <laughs> 
have as much cake as you want <laughs> and do whatever you want with that cake. That's going to be another episode. <laughs> Later this week, actually, I'm going to talk about food play. We'll talk about cake then. All right. Um, another statement that I've heard many, many, many times is, why are you so greedy? Or that makes you greedy. Or something along the statements of greed. And this one is really subtle, but it says the same thing. Oh, that must be nice. So there's this piece around when I start talking about, you know, I have this relationship or I get to frolic or I get to do this or I'm creating that or I'm doing this and, and I'm living, you know, the best life and, and, you know, and envy. So this, this place, this must be nice comes from this envious space. So those are the major statements that I've heard that have filtered through without me realizing that I've picked up other people's shit around their beliefs around that you can't have it all. You don't deserve to have it all. And that's about a place of deserving, worthiness, uh, allowing, um, being lovable. This is where the source of those places come from. And so when we don't feel that, we end up projecting that onto others. And if others are doing, living their best life and the best version that's serving them, and we are not, then we tend to get upset because we're jealous and we're envious and we you know, want to shut that shit down and we want to make them wrong. Because if they aren't wrong, then we would need to look at our own shit and we would have to look at well, why am I not creating the life that I want to have? If I want to have more than one lover in my life, why am I not creating that? If I want to have that, you know, if I, what are what's what areas in my life am I not living to my best version of myself? So, how did I get rid of that? So now, okay, so so that's all. That's great. I came up to that realization. Now, what am I going to do? How am I going to fix this? Because you know, like I said, I have two new men in my life who are spectacular and my primary partner is also incredibly spectacular and I don't want to be mad and frustrated at him and he doesn't particularly like that I'm just annoyed at him for no apparent reason when he hasn't even done anything. <laughs> so how do I fix that? How do I change that? So first of all, awareness is key. So now that I have this new sense of awareness, that's good. That's super important. Um, second thing is I needed to purge and release and let go of where all of this stuff is. So I went into my subconscious mind and did some purging. Um, again, if you want to learn how to do that, come see me, um, you know, succulentliving.com and, uh, we can help you purge all of the shit that's not serving you anymore. Um, and then I was also honest. I had a great, honest conversation with my primary partner about what I came up with and what I realized was going on. So he could be like, yeah, I've noticed that you've been kind of agitated at me. I didn't really know why. So now he knows why. So he's not internalizing it. So we had, you know, and of course that just brought my relationship, which is why my relationship with my primary partner is so fabulous is because we can have honest conversations about stuff. So that created more intimacy and closeness, um, which made me closer to him. And yet I still have these two other men who are coming into my life that I really, really like. So I'm like, okay. So that's part of it. And then the other part is acknowledging to 
allow myself to be uncomfortable. Like it's okay that I'm uncomfortable. Um, so I've been, what I've been doing is reparenting and re, you know, changing, reparenting, reprogramming, whatever you want to call it, um, around this concept of, I really, really like, so I've been doing this with everything. So I'm like, Ooh, I really love this ice cream. And I really love this hamburger I just ate. And I really love, and so what I'm, you know, I'm really allowing myself that I can love more than one thing without having to uh, cause conflict with one of those things. I've been saying to my partner, my primary partner, you know, I really appreciate you. You're a great member of the team and what you bring to my life. And I've been saying, starting to say that to the men that are coming into my life, these two particular men, is that I'm really excited to have you in my life so that I can be excited to have everybody in my life. I don't have to pick. There's no picking. No, it doesn't have to be a favorite. So I wanted to give you a heads up because, you know, often, you know, I'm like, oh, everything's okay. But sometimes I don't really talk about the, the disturbances in the force. <laughs> it is my harem. And I think I might need to change the structure. I might need to start to look at a different structure of um, instead of it being a hierarchical uh, harem, that it's like everybody just is a part of the team, right? Everybody just plays a role. Um, everybody gets, you know, everybody who brings what they bring to the table and to the team. And I love them all. And they're all amazing. And this is how I contribute to their lives and their team, right? So, um, so I'm starting to change also the construct of how I used to do it because it worked for me for a long time, but it's not working for me anymore. So I need to change. And if I can leave you with anything, that's what I want to leave you with, is that just because something worked in the past doesn't necessarily mean it serves you now. And if we move with that construct and we move with that concept, what this does is it allows us to course correct, to better serve ourselves, to change how we move things, change the formula, find a new formula. Because that's what life is all about. Life is all about personal growth, personal development, and living it full out, full out. Live your life to the max. And how do we deal with others? So this is the last piece before I let you go, okay? So when others are really uncomfortable with us living our lives fully to the max, that in the best ways that serve us, whether that's monogamous, non-monogamous, conscious monogamous, uh, being a nudist, uh, being kinky, whatever it is, doesn't matter what it is. Whatever you're living that's best, you know, being a, you know, a rodeo clown, whatever resonates with you, whatever brings you the most, the best version of you in the world, okay? Now you're going to deal with people that are going to be incredibly uncomfortable with that. They're going to be incredibly uncomfortable with that. And that's their problem, not yours. Okay, so that's the first thing is that you need to, to, to shield yourself from internalizing other people's shit. When people make those comments like, you're not allowed to have everything, or must be nice, or makes you greedy, or you can't have your cake and eat it too. Um, when people say these things or comments that are like this, the first thing you want to do is to be like, to not 
subversively, cognitively, in your own mind, not internalize it. Okay, so number one. Number two is to say, yeah, I disagree with that statement. Saying something out loud to the other person saying, yeah, that doesn't work in my world. That doesn't serve me. I disagree with that statement. Something along the lines of which you are verbally saying, no, that doesn't work for me. What that does is, again, it reinforces that that's somebody else's shit, not yours, to take on. The third thing is, in particular, about um, is that I'm, I start asking questions. That's, that's kind of one of, my, one of my, my things. So, for example, if somebody says, you're not allowed to have everything, my answer to that is, why? Why am I not? And when I ask that question, people then have to look at what their own stuff is. And they have to come up with a reason. And whatever that reason is, um, is their reason, is not mine. Because I've, I've already established that I can have everything. And I want everything. And I deserve to have everything. As long as I'm not hoarding, <laughs> and there's plenty for everybody else, <laughs> I can have everything I want. Right? So I move with that belief system. So it doesn't really matter what the answer is, but by me saying, well, why not? It, it again, def, def, uh, deflects it and prevents me from internalizing it. Again, somebody says, well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. My, my statement to that is, well, then why would I have cake if I can't eat it? Again, you pose it back on them, which makes them look at their stuff. This is my favorite. It's a little antagonistic, so I'll own that. <laughs> Usually I'm not very antagonistic, but I totally own this one, okay? All right, so when somebody says to me, and I did this about uh, six months ago, or just before COVID happened, um, and, I, and I did this. Somebody said, must be nice. Um, and I'm like, well, you could have that too. I guess you made some bad life choices, <laughs> which I said, like I said, totally judgy and kind of <laughs> but I'm like, you can have that too, but you made some bad life choices. Um, so how would you say that in a non-antagonistic way? You could say, oh, yes, it is. When someone says must be nice, you can say, yeah, yeah, it is. And you could have that too, if you wanted it and then walk away. All right, so here's some tools. Those are some of the tools of how to not internalize other people's shit. <laughs> right. Now, if this conversation has made you incredibly uncomfortable, yay, that means I've done my job well. It means that I've poked the bear a little bit. And that's what I'm here as a catalyst for, okay? So if you want some support to move out of this place, out of the uncomfortable place, out of the triggered space, out of, out of that place of, oh my God, no, guy, you are greeting. <laughs> if you're feeling those feelings, great. Contact me and let's work through it because you deserve to have everything that you want to have. You deserve that. You don't need to suffer. You don't need to, to sacrifice. That's not what life is for, to suffer and to sacrifice. 
there's plenty of circumstances and situations around us that uh, make life can make life hard and challenging for us, which are all great teachable moments. But you know, we don't need to like run and embrace this concept of suffering and sacrifice and misery. So if you're struggling with this, please reach out. You can reach me at succulentliving.com. For all your BDSM and education needs, you can meet, reach me at empressgaia.com. Don't forget to support this podcast, My Orgasmic Life Podcast, via my Patreon account, um, which I'll have the link in the show notes, as well as you know, listening and downloading. I have an app, My Orgasmic Life app. Uh, share this with your friends. Um, you know, there's all sorts of, send me a testimonial. Tell me how this is transforming your life. You know, how I show up and me sharing all of the, the craziness that is my life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and of course, the orgasmic. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for everybody who is who's with me live right now, who's been sending me love and hearts and thumbs up and loving this. I love you all. You're all incredible. So have a juicy day. And I can't wait to talk to you about the next show. All right. Mwah.